Welcome back to Bible study, to Paul's letter to the Galatians. We're going to um, welcome back to John and to Derek. We're going to uh, read uh, the same verses that we read last week because it's such a pivotal um, uh, moment in the early foundations, formation of, of the church. It's a pivotal scripture. And um, stay tuned and you'll know what I'm talking about. But um, Derek, you're going to read sure. it again and I'll pray. Galatians 2, starting in verse 1. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel, that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we did not yield submission, even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But from those who seemed to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me, God shows personal favoritism to no man, for those who seemed to be something added nothing to me. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the circum uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. Mm. Thank you. Let's pray. Our Lord, we uh, are humbled again when we think of uh, what you uh, did uh, for us on the cross, uh, what you did uh, coming uh, down to live among us. We remember John's testimony that you were full of grace and truth. And you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. You also said, um, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And Lord, we pray as we study these important verses that not only here in the studio but many watching and some maybe just tuning in for the first time will come to a knowledge of the truth of the Lord Jesus and the gospel of salvation. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Yeah, it's not um, uh, uh, usual that we would read the, the same passage again, but we... we um, we had a, a, a good sort of intro into the, the Council of, of Jerusalem in Acts 15. Um, I don't know whether we um, mentioned last week about the, you know, there are other views as to whether this passage is rooted in that uh, time. What basis do those views come from? In other words, what Paul has written here in the beginning of, of Galatians. In... Um 
There is a... Two. Not to give it yeah. too much publicity, because no, I don't agree with it. Right. <laughs> Some people refer to the fact that, yes, they visited, um, after three years, he says in Galatians, um, 118. Yeah. After three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter, yeah. to get acquainted with Peter, and he stays 15 days. But he, yeah. he isn't discussing doctrine with him, okay. which is the key issue. Yeah. Now, some people believe that, there's an, that there is another visit to Jerusalem before Acts 15, yeah. which uh, they think is, is what he's talking about in chapter 2. Right. And in this, in, if we go to Acts 11, it um, is the context of this is that Agabus had prophesied a famine um, throughout the world. And the, particularly it's the, the believers in, in Jerusalem that are vulnerable to that because they're being persecuted, I think, by their own people as well. Mm. Uh, and so it says that uh, in verse 27, the prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Agabus in particular predicted this famine. And then verse 29 of Acts 11, then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did, verse 30, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now then in chapter 12 is, is, is like a kind of, um, this clearly happens mm -hmm. during their visit. This is when Herod Agrippa, I think, actually imprisons Peter and James, and James actually gets executed. Yeah. Peter has this supernatural yeah. deliverance from jail on the evening when he's about to, to be killed. Mm. And, and it's, um, you know, it, it goes into all that. And I think the church is very much kind of um, hiding almost away because Herod is, yeah. is doing right. it. And then chapter 12 ends with Herod's violent death. That's right. Um, and then, interestingly, verse 25 of chapter 12, mm. it says that Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they took with them John, whose surname was Mark. So in other words, this he, there's no mention of any conference with any apostles no, in that right. because, you know, this was a very dangerous time. The yeah. apostles were not yeah. meeting publicly. Yeah. You, you know, because uh, Peter, in fact, was in prison. So I think that Paul doesn't even mention that because he doesn't meet the leaders during this visit. And, He's and come to deliver and a some... key element that we brought in last week was it came through <coughs> revelation, not through some sort yes, of process it, it, of it reasoning. Did. But, but here in Galatians 2, 9, mm. James is mentioned. So yeah. James must have been alive. It must have been before James well, was No, it's killed. a different James. Is it yeah. a different James? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The James son of Zebedee, yeah. the brother of John, son of Zebedee, right. okay. and then James, that, the brother of that Jesus. was okay. the one that got killed. Right. Yeah. James did get marked. The, yeah. James, the brother of Jesus. Yes, okay. Um, mm. There's, two, yeah. there's yeah. lots of James. There's lots of James, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, but not yeah. the same he, James. He did get martyred later, yes. according to church tradition. Yes, that's right. Uh, in the 60s, yeah. uh, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I'm now absorbing. So, I'm so thinking basically, of Her actually, Herod being struck down because he didn't give glory oh, yeah, to God. Yes. yes. But yeah. yeah so it's so pathetic, to actually, to try and win the favor of kings and <laughs> because they'll have their, their day and their number will one day be up. Yeah. 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 Eaten by worms. Sorry. But no, the, yeah. the reason I, yeah, I particularly think that, the t well, first of all, the 14 years timing. That's right. Um, it do, I don't think the timing works very well. Certainly, 
That's right. Jesus did That's die right. and rise again in yeah. AD 33, yeah. but I won't go into my reasons. No, I, I, I think we got it from last week. I was trying to think, <laughs> what, what is it? Fits, yes, you know, it what is it that the others yes. think in terms of, um, and um, in, for instance, and, if and why is it fundamental? Mm. That's that's what I want to sort of just very briefly unpack. Why 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 do you oppose that other um, viewpoint? Why is it fundamental to this passage, or is it? Well, it's not fundamental. No. Um, the the issues are the same. Yeah. It's just that in the Acts passage, when he visits, you know, Jerusalem to give famine relief. Yeah. You know. There's no mention of this important doctrinal right. no, thing. That's right, exactly. It's just a family so relief. As you visit. said last week, it harmonizes you know, and, and with this passage. The church at that time is kind of, kind of hiding a bit because of this yeah, of persecution. Course. And, and here you've got a perfect harmonization because in yeah. Acts 15, yeah. this is the issue. Yeah. And in Acts 2, it's the identical yeah. issue. It just, yeah. it just fits. Um, you know. Just before we, as it were, get into the weeds, um, uh, John, we were just talking just before the programme on, uh, you were talking about the woman caught in adultery, and I thought that was good, because people can, you know, find a verse or a passage here or there that they think, oh, that um, yes. is contrary to the teaching. Yes. Just, just say what, you, you were talking with Hugh, and I think, I think you did a, an actual Bible theme study oh, we with did. Hugh well, on we, the grace of oh, God. Oh, we did, we, yeah. we did indeed. I, yes, I was chatting to Hugh yesterday, and um, I, 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 this, we were talking about grace and he was talking about the things the Lord was showing him and deep things that he'd not seen before to the point where he's saying to himself, what have I preached in the past? Yes. That's the sort of depth of revelation that Hugh is getting. Yes. And he believes we, we, we all need to come to that place, you know, where we say, Lord, I was ignorant, <laughs> forgive me. Um, but it's only again by revelation and, and, and as, as it was a text, audio text, you know, and as Hugh was talking, as he finished, I got this revelation. I can only explain it as that, about the woman caught in adultery, and without going to look up the yeah. scripture, because it's yeah. very well known, yeah. and we know what happens is that um, Jesus says, neither do I condemn you, because none of the shower behind her would, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. And, and we have always thought, because, because the flesh is so legalistic, because the flesh resorts to a legal explanation of everything, mm. unless you rein it in, we have always thought, and there have been millions of sermons taught mm. about go and sin no more. But that wasn't what the Lord was saying to her. He was saying, I do not condemn you. I am does not condemn you go and sin no more and what he was saying is if you continue in this your flesh now because it's what the law does will convict you so painfully you'll be utterly miserable you'll miss the point that you'll i miss, don't condemn you yes and you'll miss mm. the point that i haven't condemned mm. you mm. now if she did do it again would she be forgiven of course she would of course she would, because that's what grace does. Grace covers. Grace isn't conditional. Grace is total. It is finished, the Lord said on the cross. It is finished. And it is completely finished. There's nothing we can add to it. We can, what we unfortunately do is try and take things away from it. Yeah. We don't take things away from it um, in reality, but in practice, that's what happens in our lives and we suffer for it. But, but this painful. dear lady had acknowledged her sin, un unlike yes. 
as you say, the shower, yeah. as I said to you as well, that the, the people in glass houses shouldn't yes. throw stones. So they were all sinners. Yes, she went, she went through the classic, the classic route of salvation. Yeah. She recognized she was a sinner. She stood before the Savior yeah. and he didn't condemn her. Mm. And the consequences of any future sin, now people find this hard to believe because the legalism kicks in. The consequences of any future sin is forgiven. Yeah. Now, the sin doesn't continue because we're changed. If it does continue in a routine way, then the chances are you're not saved. Mm. But that doesn't alter the, this, this, this huge contradiction, as it were, mm. that if she had continued, she would still have, it would still have been forgiven yeah. because that's what grace does. But she would have been in torment mm. because we all know when we fall short, how our sin rises to condemn us, using the law to condemn us. You shouldn't have done that. You call yourself a Christian. Or we've all experienced these arguments, haven't yeah. we? It's yeah. the flesh which yeah. rises up to do that mm. on Very the devil's good. behalf. Very good. Yeah, and the, the irony is that the legalists think that somehow they covered over their own sin yeah. by their legalism. So they don't see the sin that the woman caught in adultery, of course, yes. you know, had it uh, as... Uh, David wrote, is ever before me. Yeah, that's yes, the legalism can hide that because the legalism focuses on the outer. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, and, and they think they are satisfying yeah. God's re requirements, yeah. but they don't look in their hearts. They yeah. don't look at the sin in their hearts. So yeah. they, they're, they're fooled by if they have a bit of outward performance that yeah. they're okay. But I can't uh, resist, sorry, just uh, as we've just sort of alluded to it, it uh, Psalm 51, you know, creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Mm. And, and then my sin is ever before me. Yeah, it, 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 it's, mm. it's that's the way it is. Very, very powerful once you come to terms with that. But as you say, they, they are creating a facade and not coming to terms so it with does the deceive. Corruption. Legalism deceives you into thinking yeah. Yeah. you're doing all right yeah. because you've, it focuses you on the outward. And just to add an, another yeah. twist to what you say, the, I, I w this is how I would phrase it. There's mercy and there's grace. Yeah. So what you're talking about, uh, I would call mercy. Mm. In other but it's words, still grace. If we, oh yeah, oh it's all yeah. under grace, yeah. don't get me wrong, but just yeah. to bring in another mercy, point, yeah. Yeah, the mercy point. is, you know, God will, um, when we, if we do sin again, because we have flesh, you know, we're, st we're yeah. in his mercy, he forgives us. Yes. But the grace is also that by speaking those words, do not sin, what is it? Sin no more. Yes. Mm. Go and sin, Go and sin no more. The, he is empowering her not to sin anymore. Absolutely. Through the power of the word, because yeah. the power is in the word. So by her receiving that word, she's also receiving the grace. Yeah. To, to not That's sin. Such, so such when we talk point. about, you know, living under grace, yeah. we are living under his power that changes us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point. Wonderful. I hadn't thought the theology of it through in any detail. I mean, it was just something happening yeah. in, and you put me on the spot, yeah. which I don't mind at yeah. all. Exactly. Because hopefully exactly. we're all firing on the power of the Holy Spirit here anyway. No question but about I it. I hadn't mm. thought it through and I like that, that what you've just said, Derek. It's good. Oh dear, I'm thinking of the Psalms all the time now because it just throws up one after another. Yeah. You know, Psalm 51, Psalm 37, which means that maybe we should um, 
do the Psalms after Galatians. But we're not going to get through Galatians in a, in a hurry. But, <laughs> but I think that there's so much depth of gospel message in the Psalms, yeah. which we can go on to. Right. Um, we are now moving back to Galatians and, and Acts. So just to, in case yeah. you didn't see last week's program, yeah. we're in Galatians chapter 1. Paul, two. Galatians 2, yes. Yeah. Um, after 14 years, and I personally believe that harmonizes with Acts 15. Yeah. It's AD 48. And so we were kind of, and, and I'll just very quickly mention, Acts 15 sets the scene for what, what is going on. Why, why Paul had to go up to Jerusalem? It says that certain men in Acts 15.1 came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. So here is the legalism. Here's the, the first major theological issue to hit the church, really. And, and there's how are you saved? Are you saved by grace through faith alone? Or are you saved by becoming a Jew, getting circumcised, keeping the law of Moses, you know? And, and that was the particular issue, but the issue is still doesn't have to be the law of Moses. Mm. Your particular legalism might be a different yeah. set of laws, you know what I mean? But it's still the same principle. Are you saved by your own works, by your yeah, own efforts, yeah, yeah. or by trusting in God's work yeah. in Christ? Mm. Um, and so Paul and Barnabas then have a big argument with them, of course, because they're fighting for the gospel. And then it, they, it says in Acts 15.2 that um, they determined, uh, that's the church, at Antioch, that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles about this question. So, the, the, you know, these people are claiming to represent Jerusalem. And this is what the apostles teach. Mm. And Paul and Barnabas says, no way, <laughs> you know. And, and so we've got to go because, and Paul says in Galatians, he went up by revelation. He obviously prayed about it. And the Lord said, no, you, you need to go. And, uh, and he says later, you need to go because, you know, if, if the legalists are winning the battle in the Jerusalem church, that's going to spoil the fruit of Paul's ministry. He's going he's to run in vain because the, the false gospel is going to take over. Mm. Uh, as Paul, as um, John pointed out last time, as it did really through the medieval Roman Catholic mm. church. That, that's literally what happened. And even earlier, as it were, the, you know, the, okay, the battle was won here, <laughs> But even in the earlier years of the church, you know, you had a number of sort of doctrinal, oh, yeah. doctrinal battles yeah, on this issue. Yeah, there's always. That's right. Um, so they go up to Jerusalem. He says in Acts, uh, sorry, in Galatians two one, mm. and he takes Titus with him. Titus is a test case because he's a Gentile who hasn't been circumcised. So the big issue is, will they make Titus? to be circumcised. Yeah. And he says, he went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who are of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. We talked about that. So when he goes up in Acts 15, <clears throat> he first of all, there's a public meeting, everyone greets mm -hmm. each other. Paul tells the good news of what's happening in the Gentile world. Um, then he has this private discussion, I think, just harmonizing yeah. it together, where he shares in detail what he preaches, which is very wise to do that privately. And then there is another open meeting, and in that open meeting, the legalists have their say. Mm -hmm. 
and um, it says in verse 5, but some of the sect, this is Acts 15, 5, some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So, and then, and then Peter kicks in. So we talk about the battles repeating themselves. You would have thought it was done and dusted at Joppa, you know, when he had the vision of the blankets, yeah. you know, with the unclean. But it wasn't, was it? Yeah. We're back again. Um, I don't know, what, in Acts 10, um, that was yeah. what we alluded to last week. Yes, because, so in other words, God had already shown Peter mm. as, as really the key leader at that time that of salvation, that he was saving the Gentiles by grace through faith, apart yeah. from the law of Moses. Yeah. They didn't have to be circumcised in that. God fully accepted them, and he showed that by giving them the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So really, God had already made himself and, clear. And by the way, the argument that Paul uses about it coming by revelation is exactly what happened to Peter. It came by revelation, mm, yes. didn't it? Um, you know, he had a dream. Yeah. And you know, simultaneously, Cornelius had a dream. You know, God intervened and revealed the truth. Mm. Didn't really come by sort of intuition or human no. sort of reasoning. No, by revelation. It's by revelation. But That's uh, part of why we call the channel Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there is this last book of the Bible as well, but you know, the, the whole of scriptures is about God's revelation yeah. to us. Yeah. I keep interrupting your flow. Well, yeah. but, but the problem is, of course, that even though God had made himself clear, you've got this church in Jerusalem of, of people who have been brought up under the law of Moses that have been told this is the most precious thing and um, they've accepted Jesus as the Messiah but w what do we do about the law of Moses? Mm -hmm. um, because in a way, as you talked about last time, it almost defines their Jewishness. Yeah. And so, in fact, the J Jerusalem church were very keen to continue keeping the law of Moses mm -hmm. certainly for the, to reach their fellow Jews. Not to say, you know, we, right. we're not Jewish anymore. They, they, in a way, had to do that. But some of them thought this is necessary. Keeping, we're still under, they didn't understand Jesus brought in a new covenant. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to do that to please God. They might have to do it to maintain their, their witness mm -hmm. to the Jews. But some of them thought, well, no, we need to keep the law of Moses to, to, to actually be acceptable mm -hmm. to God. Therefore, these Gentiles also mm. have to keep the law of Moses. And so, and by the way, the other, false, group. the other false line, and it's re-emerged in modern times, is, is that um, the promises of the land are contingent on keeping the law of Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so those, the kind of replacement theology brigade will say, well, you know, no, um, they forfeited the land because they're not keeping the laws of Moses. And, and anyway, the promises are spiritually um, uh, uh, to the church, but then that by a sleight of hand, they we're talking about the, the modern um, replacement theology, so-called Living Stones movement. Uh, you know, th with a sleight of hand, they then reverse the whole thing back and say the land belongs to you know those who um, are are Christians, um, who you know to whom the promises have been. Transferred, um, transferred uh, yeah. which is quite clever. Yeah. Um, and so everyone falls for that. But actually, the, the root of the argument is oh, it's the spiritual promises that, that go to the church. Um, but somehow that's been interpreted, you know, along with Che Guevara and others, you know, liberation theology, that the oppressed people 
have the right to the land. And so the, you can see how, how things can, um, uh, what's the word, mutate, um, you know, if you're not grounded in, in the scriptures mm. and, the, you know, the, the clear promises and, and what, what is the covenant of Abraham? What is the covenant of Moses? What are the consequences? Mm. But the strategy is rooted in the same place. Yes. These modern strategies you're talking about, they're, they're, you, they're rooted in the devil. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And he's just using people who are not, do not know their scriptures, who are not, uh, who may or may not be saved. I can't judge that, but who are not rooted in the scriptures, and therefore they're not motivated and led by truth. Yeah. You you can't afford just to say I think I know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty critical. Yeah. Okay, let's. We don't want to, um, uh, as it were, shortchange Acts 15. So we're oh, back to Derek. Yeah. So. These, these legalists have had their say, and they are a strong party within the church. Mm. Um, and Paul talks about them actually in Galatians 2, we saw last time, that actually they are false brethren. They, they shouldn't have had this position in the church, but because of the place of the law of Moses, it was hard for James and the others to, to know what to do with them, if you like because they don't want to look like we're running down the law of Moses, mm. you know, particularly in the, the cultural situation that they, they're in. So, um, but Paul talks about them like being enemy spies mm. who, who secretly got into the church and are trying to, you know, destroy the church from within. Mm. Um, they yeah. wouldn't see it that way, but they're, they're basically not saved. And so there's this big dispute. And then the apostles, verse 6, the apostles and elders came together to consider the matter. And even among them, there was a dispute. So this was really... This issue really had to be sorted out. And then, having done that, then Peter and James, and I think the main apostles, then make the position clear by their speeches. And of course, Peter, I don't know if somebody wants to read um, from verse 7. In Acts 15. Let's perhaps read Peter's speech. Yes. Yep, sure. 2.11, I think. (coughs) Great. And when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, You know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Mm -hmm. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Mm. So he, that's very clear. Peter yeah. is saying, based on Acts 10, where, and he starts his, his sermon in Acts 10 by saying God shows no partiality yeah. between Jews or Gentiles. Yeah. He saves everyone on the same basis, yeah. which is by grace yeah. through faith. And, and God has made himself clear by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he gave them the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So Peter, really, that, just Peter's speech, that's the winning argument right it there, is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because yeah. It, that was a work of God, and therefore that settled the argument. And then I think He's James will... He's such an honest bloke, Peter. Mm. You know, he, um, when, when the Lord said about committing adultery in your hearts, he said, well, who then can be saved? In other words, he got it. Mm. You know, in his own sort of rough, rough, rough fisherman's logic, you know that 
you know, it's it's too great a burden. We, you know, even yeah. our fathers, we can't we can't keep, keep it. it. Yeah, and Jesus proved it. You know, with some of the things. You know, be perfect as I'm perfect. You know, exactly. Love your enemies. You know, yeah. this is this is the law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're saying we couldn't keep it. And yeah. Gen- yeah, you know, why are we putting it on that's, the Gentiles? It takes honesty. Yeah. To, to then say, and that's what the law wants from all of us. Is um, yeah. honesty. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Desires truth in the inmost parts. Sorry, carry on. No. So that, that's the, that was a winning argument. I think, yeah. I think Peter did have the status, really, at that time, that even though people were getting confused doctrinally by, by this very strong law of Moses party, people, I think, really did listen to, to Peter here. And then, it, then, as a second kind of winning argument, or then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas, this is verse 12, and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. So again, it's talking about God's witness. God, mm. It was God in Acts 10. It, it's God doing miracles through Paul and Barnabas. Yeah. All saying, you know, God, God, you know, that's a kind of argument from experience, but yeah. it was God experience. Yeah. And then, of course, James gave the final, as the kind of, it seemed like he was the head, the pastor, if you like, yeah. of the church in Jerusalem. He, he grounded it in scripture, in Old Testament scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to look at James's? Yes, please, one, absolutely. One as well? Yeah, I've, I've... Um, I've got something else I'd like to talk about after, after you've done after, James. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, James answered and said, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared, and, and I, I think it is talking about what Peter's mm, speech yeah, here yeah. to be, um, declared how God at the first, you know, at early in the church age, visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. And now he's quoting from Amos. Mm. And this is an Old Testament prophet. So he's saying this is not out of harmony with the Old Testament revelation. This does not contradict the Old Testament. And this is actually a prophecy of the Messianic kingdom that... They believe that when the Messiah would return, he would set up his kingdom on earth. In fact, Derek, he's not saying um, this is, I forget what you said, that this is, this is an Old Testament prophecy. What he's, because it, it didn't exist in those forms, at least. What he's yeah. saying is this is in accordance with our scriptures. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, in other words, if what Paul is preaching is, you know, against the scripture... Uh, even though it, there's these amazing supernatural experiences, we, we have to, have to it has to line up with the scripture. Yeah. And, and this Amos 9 prophecy is interesting. It's quite tricky, and I, for a long time I didn't really understand that the, why would he choose this prophecy? Yeah. You know? But it says, um, after this I will return, and that's the, the second, I believe this is the second coming of Christ, and I will rebuild the, the tabernacle or the house of David. So in the, in the coming kingdom, the, the, the Jesus, the son of David, the Messiah, will set up his throne on the earth and the, and the house of David will be restored. Uh, according to the prophecies, the Davidic covenant will yeah. be fulfilled, yeah. which has fallen down, of course, and I will rebuild its ruins, I will set it up, so that the rest of mankind, here are the Gentiles, all right, may seek the Lord. Mm. So it's not just for the Jews, the, the future kingdom of God on earth is going to be for all mankind believing 
yeah. seeking the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name. Now here you have Gentiles in the future kingdom. Wonderful. In covenant with God. Yeah. Right? But they're still Gentiles. They're That's not right. Jews. That's right. They're Gentiles. Exactly. They're, and they're, but they're called by his name, says the Lord who does all these things. So in other words, it was part of God's plan to save the Gentiles, you know, by, by grace, mm. um, and not insist that they That's the become Jews. Yeah. So he's saying, okay. And therefore don't put obstacles in the way. No, in other words, although the church age, in a sense, was a surprise to them, Mm. they just thought the Messiah would set up his kingdom. My understanding is that because Israel rejected the Messiah nationally, um, God didn't bring in the kingdom at that time, but instead he brought in what was called the mystery, the church age. uh, but, But the bottom line is, God's already revealed his will to save the Gentiles, by faith, mm. apart from becoming yeah. Jews. He, he may have done it in a slightly different way than they were expecting. Yeah, but uh, and I believe these God's prophecies heart. will still be fulfilled it's when God's Jesus heart. reigns for yeah. a thousand years. But the point is, it's consistent. It's consistent with the way God has works and has prophesied things. So it's not a contradiction exactly. with, with the scripture. Exactly. And for God so loved the world, the whole world, yes. not for God so loved the Jews, which he did, the apple of his eye. Mm. God so loved the world, he gave his own. But the Gentiles would be saved without becoming Jews. That's right. And that, and that comes out quite clear, doesn't it, from that? And he says, known um, to God from eternity are all his works. So in other words, mm. God knew this ahead of time, what he was going to do. Yeah. Um, and again, that talks of grace. So all of this, you know, yes. the fact that it's in the prophecies, you know, how can we claim credit for something that God's preordained. Mm. That's right. And it's, it also brings a, ne- a, a slightly different interpretation, a slightly different angle on the Lord saying to Abraham that he'll be the father of nations. Mm. Yes. And it's very easy to think that from Abraham's loins came millions of people who mm. formed nations. But actually, yeah. it's much more than that, is it? Yeah. Because it is those who are the sons of Abraham, genuine sons of Abraham, um, will be in the nations, and Abraham is their father, exactly. which is which yeah. is just the same thing. Yeah, to whom Gentiles. righteousness yes, is credited. Physical by faith. sons and he'll have spiritual sons. Yes, yes, yeah. his spiritual sons. Um, I keep sort of hinting at, at and, and I'm sort of racking my brains. When were, were these these controversies going through history? But the, uh, there was a big one with Pelagius and Augustine. Mm. And it was, you know, it was on the issue of grace. (laughs) Still right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And then there was this sort of semi-Pelagianism, which was um, that, yeah, okay, it is is grace, but it starts with free will, you know. And in other words, it's our actions, and then, you know, grace was added to that. So it it comes back to, you know, not conceding one little iota, Mm. as it were not jot and tittle of the law, but you know what I mean, yeah. one iota of the doctrine. Pelagius, I, I'm not an expert yeah, on this, no. but he didn't, Augustine, you know, affirmed the doctrine of original sin, yeah. which, which requires grace then. Yes, yes exactly. exactly. That's right. Exactly. Whereas he, he denied that, I think, Pelagius, That's right. That's and, right. uh, which means that essentially we can save ourselves by yeah, our that's it. obedience. So as soon as you flip it the other way, oh, aren't they wonderful, these innocents, little babies, you know, right. and um, you, yeah. you just, you can throw the whole thing in reverse. Um, 
this is why yeah. this whole idea of original sin is poo-pooed everywhere. Yeah. Okay, I won't throw another one in. Arminian <laughs> <laughs> and Calvin. Okay. Uh, so we are. Um, so that's really deal. That's really so. Acts 15. I think, I think the verdict came it. in yeah. at that time. A letter was sent out, yeah. and basically the the decision. And now we can go back to Galatians 2 because the decision was sent out to the churches, saying basically we affirm, you know, okay. the, the gospel of grace. Yeah. Yeah. And and now it's clear that yeah. in fact these legalists did, didn't, do not represent the church yeah. um, leadership. And as we read in Galatians 2, we'll see some extra information of how they endorsed Paul and, and his gospel. Um, just um, from Romans 1, when Paul says first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles, what, what is, I, I know I've asked this before, but what, what is, um, is Paul saying chronologically or, or in terms of God first choosing the Jews? Or I, I think it's just, it, it's just a demonstration of the chronology and that's, yeah. that's the way it was. Right. Uh, I right. don't think it's anything exactly. more profound than that. Yeah. It is affirming, I suppose, that, I mean, he did tend to go to the synagogues yeah. first, didn't he, before? Yeah. 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 And, and it is affirming that the Jews are still God's chosen people. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, what Christ has done on the cross hasn't mm. wiped that, that fact mm. out. Mm. And therefore there's a certain honouring mm. of, of the Jewish people and of Israel that, that we, yeah. should, we should have. Yeah. Romans 9 to 11 makes it clear that they are still the elect nation. That's right. Just because you're in the elect nation doesn't mean you're individually elect no. of God, of course, but nevertheless, they still are the elect nation. And we Without should honor, that means we should honor them for that yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting in verse 9 of Acts 15, he makes no distinction between us and them. Um, uh, as far as salvation is concerned. Exactly. So uh, they, you also have in Ro Ro Romans 2, I think, is God does not show favoritism. All those who sin apart from the law, Will, be, will perish apart from the law. Yeah. All those who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law um, who are made righteous in God's eyes, but those who obey the Lord who will be declared righteous. So he brings in this, um, God's making the declaration, the pronouncement, you know, go and sin no more. Um, and, and that's the, yeah, there is no distinction. That's Ephesians. We might study that another yeah. day. But, you know, there is no distinction. There's no wall of division. The, the salvation is for all, for Jew and Gentile. Yeah. Yeah. It's made the, both one in Christ. If we could just come back for a moment to these false brethren. I'm just thinking yeah. about it, and it really interests me. Um, and I think there's no doubt the Scripture says they were false brethren, so we, we, that's, not, that's not in question. But where did they come from? And when you think back to what was going on in Jerusalem when Paul was still in the early days, you know, and their antipathy and, and rage against this, this new religion, this way, this so-called Jesus, um, the Israelis have always been, the Israelites and then the Israelis were always pretty good on the intelligence front and yeah. infiltration and all that. They do it well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still doing it well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can just see how they would have, they, so there would have been two groups of people. There would have been those who were recruited by the religious authorities to infiltrate That's right. That's false right. brethren. And then there would have been those who always join a new movement. Yeah. <laughs> 
These people still exist. Oh, it's a, it, we'd move over to this church. Something new is happening. So these people knew, go and see what's going on. And some of them would have been saved, and some of them would have been recruited by early day Mossad. Because <laughs> um, it was existential for them. Yes, they, they and, they, had, they, and had they would to... have been trained in what to do. They wouldn't have been just sent out. We see how the, these religious zealots were. They wouldn't have just sent them out in the hope that they'd do. No, they were trained. Yeah. This, this, is, this is a game plan. That's right. No doubt about I, I, I it. I think so. The, the devil, you know, tried to destroy the Lord Jesus at birth. Yeah. He tried to get him at the temptation in the wilderness, yeah. at Gethsemane at the cross, yeah. you know, as it were. Then, you know, as it were, all the heads of, of the, the revival of the, the church growing, yeah. um, trying to knock down the heads, you can imagine, yes. So he, it, the devil did have a campaign to try and strangle, you know, the, the, the Christian church yes. at birth. Yes. On more than one occasion. Yeah. All the more remarkable yes. how, how the church grew and spread. Yeah. completely against the culture and all the powers that be. It wasn't, it wasn't just the Roman Empire, as it were, no. you know, seeing it as a threat. It was really, abs it was a threat to the power. It, I, I don't think it was, um, it, 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 uh, let's not say that, it, it, was, it wasn't a, a great threat to uh, the Jewish people because God still had a plan That's right. for them. But, but those who who enjoyed the power and the trappings yeah. of power, it was a great threat. A huge threat. Mm. As the Lord Jesus was, you know, the, when he overturned the money changes, yeah. when he, when he taught, called them a brood of vipers, you know, they, they could see that threat to their power. Now, it's interesting, you make a very good point because we can extrapolate that. It's those in power who see themselves threatened and who want to garner to themselves more power, mm. more wealth, mm. more influence. And, and, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, Christianity spread and then it became, started to formalize itself. And, 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 and then, you know, eventually we have the Vatican and popes and, yeah. and everything else. And, and they spread Christianity, so-called Christianity with a small c, in exactly the same way that the Muslims do it. They did it by the sword. They did it by violence. Right. You know, look what they did in South America. Yeah. And burn and, the heretics. Yes, and it's all about power and, uh, and garnering to themselves, you know, mm. wealth and position mm. and power in the world. Yeah. Uh, and it's false. And it is, it is sort of aped by other denominations. They, they, there is a, it's easy for, I know you, you have a kind of independent fellowship, but you, you, can, you can see how these denominations form, you know, with a, you know, a, a power structure, as it were. Yeah, which yes. which, uh, which which isn't particularly biblical. No, it isn't. And um, it becomes a stranger. And eventually, what happens is the wrong people get in. Yeah, you know, eventually, and the leaven that leavens the lump. Yeah, and then even Protestant denominations tend to go liberal eventually. Well, they do. And, and do. so, yeah, the that isn't what you see in the isn't New this, Testament. Isn't uh, this? You've mentioned liberal now. Isn't that the the yeah. ongoing fight, yes. because the liberals would be talking about good works. Yes, very much so. The tactic is always to put Jesus back on the cross, yeah. because if they can get Jesus back on the cross, then the cross has failed. 
and, and, and they do that by saying it isn't enough, it wasn't complete. And, and they get away from the fact that we're now temples of the Holy Spirit. The altar of God is our heart. But we will we, we'll ignore that. Oh, the Bishop of Durham, it didn't even it's happen. It's even worse than that. I mean, it, it didn't oh, even happen. Yeah, it's the cross was modern the day, modern day bones. <laughs> yeah. is, is worse. You know, it's yeah. what I think is the Laodicean yeah. Yeah. age. You know, it's yeah. a denial of the, the fact that Jesus actually died for our sins. Yes. That he actually was born a virgin and he actually rose from the dead. Even, you know, these people, you know, as a whole, um, you know, probably believed, you know, that Jesus rose from the dead and all yeah. that, but the liberals would even deny that. That's so right. they, yes. they, there's not even yeah. a semblance of Christianity, yeah. really, yeah. apart from the fact it's got mythological truth in it. That's it. You know. Jesus the myth, as it were. There was a Channel 4 series, you know, in the early days, uh, which you know, had all these sort of professorial types, you know, pronouncing, you know, on the evidence that Jesus never really existed. And, uh, and that's what they're chipping away at every possible yes. angle to yeah. try. But we're here at the kernel of the whole yeah. argument. But if they, if they can say he didn't exist or the miracles didn't exist or, you know, or churchmen, a third of the bishops in the days of, of David Jenkins, Bishop of Durham, didn't believe, or was it two thirds, didn't believe in the virgin birth. Yeah. You know, if you can knock out these key elements, the whole lot falls yes. apart. Um, and why would you need, why, why would you need miracles? Why, why you know, in, in the supernatural, if we are, as it were, saving ourselves anyway through human endeavor? Mm. So that's why they can chip away and create, you know, and say that it's a, a fable. So it is important to the hold to the truth once it, delivered. It's very important and it also yeah. means that we have to treat theologians and scholars and scholarship with caution. I'm not yeah. saying all, all scholars and, uh, and all scholarship is bad, it most certainly isn't, but treat it with caution. I think if it's honestly in looking at the text, yes. the Hebrew, the Greek text, which I know you do, it, it's, there's an authenticity there. Yeah. But, but, but often it is it's your attitude approaching God's word as well. Yeah. If your attitude is, is, is a sort of rebellious towards God, you're yes. going to come to a different conclusion Yes. on the same verses. Yes. If you're out to prove it wrong, which um, many of them are. Right, I don't you think have we to can... Be, to submit to God's word, yeah. I would say that you have to take it literally. Yes, I and, believe and that. You, as soon as you start saying, oh, well, although... It, God made this promise to Israel. He didn't really mean Israel. He meant the future Christians. Yep. As soon as you take that attitude, yep. you, you're, you're making the word of God mean what you want it to mean. Yep. Yes. You don't have a submitted heart. Yep. But it's only when you... If you don't have a submitted heart, the word of God will be closed to you yep. because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom mm. and understanding. Mm. So until you come to, with a submitted heart to Scripture and just accept what it's telling you, it will be a closed book to you. And you, or you'll just make it mean what you think yeah, is, is sensible. Yeah. But it, it's just your own imagination. Eisegesis yeah. as yeah. opposed to exegesis. Yeah. It's so, quite interesting doing a, a, a scriptural survey of, of hard heart. And, and you find that the scriptural definition of a hard heart is unbelief. Mm. Mm. It's yeah. not what we think it is. You yeah. know, somebody who's cruel everywhere. If you, you, you harboring unbelief, the Lord calls you hard-hearted. It's just the root of all the other cruelties. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, very good. So we can't read these 10 <laughs> verses of Galatians so, 2 again, no, so let's make sure we've <laughs> finished it in our... We could. <laughs> yeah, we could. So we have in the past. <laughs> we talked about three to five yes. last time. We yep. could just quickly That's read right. it and, yep. and then move on to what's next. Yep. Um, Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So there was yep. this real battle. Yeah. And, and Titus is the test case. Yeah. And if Titus is in, if they, if James says you, Titus must be circumcised. That's right. And we got problems game over, because yeah. now he's the test case. That means all Gentiles must yeah. be circumcised. In other words, Christianity just becomes part of Judaism. Um, but it's not absolutely critical. But he puts in Titus, which helps. Yeah. In this case. So it's a physical proof, in a sense, that he was not compelled to be circumcised. Therefore, you, you other Gentiles do not have to be circumcised. You Galatians, yeah. you don't need to get circumcised. Yeah. That was the, the decision helpful, of the helpful. Jerusalem church. Um, and this occurred because of, this was the problem, he says, the dispute occurred because of these false brethren yeah. secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. So these are considered by Paul not to be in the church. They shouldn't have been there, yeah. but they've infiltrated the yeah. church. To whom we did not yield submission, even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. That's right. So that's where we got to, really. Well, we've got five minutes left, so oh. are we going to get the, these five <laughs> verses? What do you mean that's where we got to? We covered everything. Well, <laughs> keep going. Let's keep going, going let's and go see, see where we go, anyway. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows p personal favoritism to yeah. no man. For, right. for those who seem to be something mm. added nothing to me. Now, yeah. the main point here is that the apostles added nothing yeah. to Paul's message. In other words, they said, they didn't say, well, Paul, what the gospel you preach is good, but you're missing this bit out. You know, you need to throw in a bit of good works. Yeah. That's just fine. to make it a complete, yeah. he said they didn't. In other words, they accepted Paul preached the full gospel. But it, it, this verse is a bit difficult because yeah. the way he seems to talk about these apost the, yeah. the apostles. Still putting them down. It seems yeah, almost so that way. But down. at the same time, he's, the rest of the epistle, he's, he's acknowledging them as true yeah. apostles. That's right. And that they agree with him. How but can we explain honest. that? I, I, you know, he's not playing. He's not trying to seduce people with words. He's saying it as it is, these as he does later with Peter. These words aren't specifically put-downs. No, I mean, but they're not sugar-coated. When it says, but from those of, who seem to be something, <clears throat> it could have been translated of reputation to be something. That's right. That's right. I, this is just what I think, is that the, he is avoiding the kind of hero worship that just because it's Peter... Yeah. And James, John, that therefore they, they, they have to be right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because actually they were a bit weak. They needed yeah. Paul to yeah. stiffen yeah. them up a yeah. bit because they, they were wobbly. And later at the end of Galatians 2, we see Peter is wobbly That's right. again. That's right. And he's saying, don't hero worship these guys. They're, they're apostles, but they're just men. That's right. And, and if Peter actually gets it wrong, we have to compare it against Such the a true blessing. gospel. Yeah. Isn't, it a, isn't Paul a blessing to yes, those brethren? Such a blessing. And, and that's and why he's saying that he isn't knocking them, really. Yeah. He's being very careful. He's, yeah. he's saying they appear to be, mm. and that isn't saying that they're not. That's right. He says, but that, you know, they have that position, yeah. but just because they have that position doesn't mean it's they're infallible. It's not sort of the Pope and ex-cathedra. Exactly. No, it's yeah. not. And, and 
Paul says, I, you know, he didn't, he, he didn't budge even for a second. But you know when, you ha- when you've had a revelation of God or from God, nothing can take it from you. That's right. Nothing. Yeah. And, and nothing was going to take That's this right. gospel from Paul. He knew that he knew that he knew it and he knew where he got it from. And he wasn't going to compromise and he wasn't asked to. If he had been asked to, <laughs> I think there would have been a hell of a fight. <laughs> but he wasn't. And of course, those people he were talking to had also had the same revelation, although by a different route. But you can, you can have a preacher, you know, we talked about Martin Luther or anyone else, somebody in a position, they seem to be something, that's not a yeah. negative thing, they have a reputation, right. this is a real man of God, but he's still a man. And he makes right? mistakes. And he yeah. can say wrong things, like yeah. we've said Luther about the Jews or, yeah. or yeah. others. That's right. It doesn't mean he's not a man of God, that's right. but doesn't mean we hero worship them that's to right. the extent that so if your pastor says something clearly wrong, yeah that contradicts the Bible, the oh point. well he's my pastor, you know, I can't And also by the it. way you've mentioned revelation, so people say, oh I've had a revelation. Um, it still needs to be tested. Well it does. Um, and argued. Paul isn't saying I've had a revelation so I do not need to write the letter to the Galatians. No, because we've had revelations you know, which have resulted in other what might be called Christian sects forming. I know, there, which, it's, uh, which it's is really sad. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he's kind of saying, you know, the, the apostles agreed with my gospel, but that's not the reason my gospel is right, yeah. because these personalities yeah. support me. My support comes from a higher source. Yeah, yeah. But So in other words, I accept their confirmation, but let's not hero worship them that they, are, yeah. you know, yeah. they, they can be wrong. That's right. So he's trying to put things in the right context. Yeah. And he's, perhaps he is hinting that they were a bit wobbly. Yeah, that's you know, right. they had compromised to these legalists yeah, yeah. to keep the peace, you yes, know. I'm sure that's and, right. and, and there's a hint there, don't treat them as if they are yeah. total infallible people. That's right. So there we are. We're sort of out of time again. But I do remember two or three times in my life I've met these sort of guru types who, who have a little book of notes which are equal to the Bible because it's God's revelation to them. And how dare you question this and I've, I've seen that trick played a few times in ministries as well mm. we just must guard against it but welcome the revelation you know when it comes and and you know new revelations can come from the scriptures even in our age oh, absolutely that are absolutely in tune with God's word so we're down to our fast, last few seconds we will see you next week we're, we'll be back in Galatians chapter 2 thanks for joining us